from Westside Church in Bend, Oregon. You're listening to Behind the Message. We have a conversation that takes you behind what we teach here at Westside. I'm Ben Fleming. And I'm Evan Earwicker. And today we're discussing Bo Stern's message from this past weekend on Ephesians chapter 6, uh, titled War This Way. Uh, it was a great message and wrapped up our uh, series on the book of Ephesians. Um, and what's interesting about chapter 6 is it kind of departs from the rest of Ephesians. It's kind of almost a standalone um, final conclusive thought that Paul brings us in Ephesians chapter 6. Yeah, and it gets into a lot of interesting topics, and I love that Bo's not really afraid to jump into those topics, uh, talking about the enemy, talking about Satan, talking about the fact that this is a war. Uh, she even makes reference to, sometimes it feels like church can be kind of this self-help kind of place where if we just improve ourselves and if we talk positively and we sing the right songs at the right time, then everything's going to be okay and understanding that there's actually something greater at play. Yeah, check out this clip from uh, this weekend. And um, I think we don't like to talk about Satan in church that much. I frankly don't like to talk about Satan that much at all. But the thing is that the Bible really does make a case for an opposing force. The Bible is all about it. And, and I think sometimes churches that have talked overly much about Satan are a little bit weird. And we'd like to not be of those who are a little bit weird. We'd like to be kind of balanced. But then what happens is we can kind of shift into this um, a kind of a self-help, get yourself together. If you do it better, you can be okay kind of idea. And we miss the fact that there's war going on all around us. Yeah, so I thought that was interesting because I've, you know, I've been around um, services or some conferences back in the day where it's almost like there was a focus on the devil um, more than a focus on yeah. anything else, you know, it's like <laughs> we're hunting for demons here right, today, you know, right. and, and when it, when it goes there, uh, I just feel like our focus gets off. And so in, in response to that, it's almost like we've pulled back in church now to the point where we'd rather just not talk about it at all. Right. It's about combating our feelings a lot more. It's combating our emotions. It's combating uh, a lot of these things that really are, in our mind, we can kind of attribute to more us than anything, which kind of brings up the self-help part of it. But to acknowledge that there's something more is is incredibly important because Jesus talks about it. You know what I mean? Right, right. And of course, he doesn't make it a huge thing. It's not every sermon. It's not. It's actually, you know, just if you look at how much he spoke about different things, specifically talking about the enemy wasn't just an overarching theme all the time, but he certainly addressed it. It wasn't a secret to him. Yeah. And it feels like a, a pendulum swings. And I think Jesus, obviously he's Jesus, but uh, yeah. he, he he was in the correct balance of not ignoring or denying the existence of, of evil or the evil one, Satan, um, but at the same time, not making that the focus of his ministry. And I think we've all heard uh, people say, well, don't, you know, don't always say the devil made me do it. Don't blame it on the devil. Right. And so we've come out of that saying, well, then it's all, it's, it's all always me. Yeah. It's always me. Yeah. Right. Uh, but what I loved about what Bo was sharing is that's not always the case. Yeah. There, there is an enemy. There is things going on around us, what she called a cosmic battle mm-hmm. that is being waged every day. Why do you think it's so hard for us to talk about that? And really kind of bring it out in the open. You know, we talked about the pendulum swinging and, you know, we've been to conferences and things where it was all that we were talking about. Why do, why do you think it's so t- hard for us to find that middle ground of, of 
of not worshiping Satan or saying that he's greater than everything that we can do and he's just all powerful and he's controlling this and that. But at the same time, not ignoring it and just leaving it in the shadows forever. Why yeah. do you think it's so hard well, for us? Personally, I'm I'm like scared to death of being weird. You know, like, <laughs> can you say that? You know, like, I think so. Yeah. I, I, I guess I've seen Christianity get weird. Yeah. Uh, maybe some of our listeners feel the same way um, where you go to a church and it just screams like we're a bunch of weirdos right. or we're superstitious or yeah. we're overly mystical. Um, and I think this is not the appropriate response. Like we're not reactive in how we lead uh and are in church and practice our Christianity and our faith. Yeah. But it's easy to go there to where we say, well, we don't want to be that. And so out of that reaction, it's like, let's just get as far away from the weird stuff mm. as possible at the expense of, you know, denying uh, what is actually going on. I think it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, if you're been around somebody who believes conspiracy theories, uh-huh. um, you want to push away from that, the crazy as far as possible Regardless of maybe some of the parts of those things right. are true, I'm <laughs> going to throw the whole thing it. out. I'm yeah. just going to throw the whole thing out because I don't want to be associated with a conspiracy theorist. Yeah. Uh, but what about those facts that maybe are true in there? Yeah. Um, is it right to just throw it all out? That's sometimes a reaction. And that's a good way to put it, actually, that that exact kind of scenario. Because I've thought that way. You hang around with conspiracy theorists and you're like, gosh, you're just kind of crazy. Um, and I think there was a point in my mind in my life really where, cause I'm, I'm not that at the, I, I'm really a trusting person. <laughs> <laughs> really the best. To a, I do. The government like, and the, I yeah. do. Yeah. It's so terrible until, <laughs> you know, I grew up a, a little bit and I'm still certainly not a conspiracy theorist, but to go, Oh yeah, there really are some holes here and to, to not speak up or to not say anything about this. And I think there's something that registers that way in the Christian life. Now you don't have to be some kind of biblical expert. I'm not even sure you have to be a Christian, to understand and to feel kind of that spiritual battle going on where you go, man, something isn't right here. Something is really broken. Something is wrong. Something is raging against all these things. Because as much as you want to talk about government or policies or or people in place or ISIS or whatever the case may be, whenever these people are going to be eradicated or they're going to be moved out of office or they're whatever, somebody's going to come in and replace them. There's going to be more corruption. There's going to be more, um, you know, horrible things going on in this world. It's not just an end game with this one person. There's something, there's a bigger theme at play here. There's something more at play and it's, it's sin and it's the enemy and it's almost impossible to ignore that. Yeah. Do you remember, uh, growing up, uh, Frank Peretti's books on spiritual yeah. warfare, uh, Pierce the darkness, darkness, yeah, this um, present darkness, the oath, uh-huh. I think was yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, that one freaked me out, man. <laughs> yeah, totally, <laughs> such a creepy book. <laughs> it was like the uh, Stephen King of Christianity. It was know? though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had our own kind of like how Father Abraham is our own hokey pokey. Exactly, you, know, you have to have replacement. <laughs> but uh, I remember growing up on those, and uh, even as a kid. Just having this sense, and I love what he did in those books, just to to make you think, and of course they're fiction, right? Um, but just to remember, like there are things going on that we don't see. There's an invisible world, and I think Bo mentioned it in her message that everything that we see was made from what is unseen. I think it's Hebrews chapter eleven. Yeah, and uh, to ignore that, um, we will misinterpret uh, what's happening in our lives. I remember um, my wife, Alyssa, uh, diagnosed with breast cancer back in, um, I don't know, 2013, into 2013. And uh, uh, 
you want so badly to fix it, first of all. And so, you know, and of course we went to the good doctors and did all that. We weren't just saying, well, we're just going to believe and, and nothing else. But at the same time, there are things in those situations, whether it be a diagnosis or tragedy or things where you feel like you don't have any control. Um, and so you want to lash out at something and it's easy to lash out at the wrong thing. Let me uh, play what Bo said about that um, in her life when her husband was diagnosed with ALS. When my husband was diagnosed with a terminal illness, it sent us into such a spin. And the thing about a terminal illness is that it is so invisible. It's such an unseen bad guy. And in the first month or so, I just wanted something to fight. I wanted something to kick in the teeth. And I wanted to get, I, I wanted to duke it out with somebody. And sometimes I would pick another enemy. I would pick the doctor that didn't call back or the insurance company that didn't pay the bills or the poor waitress that got my order wrong. You know, any convenient enemy, we will fight. I see it on Facebook every single day. I'm like, what are you doing? That's not your enemy. Yeah. So, I mean. We don't like feeling helpless, do we? No. <laughs> and we like some somebody with a face that we can blame things on. And yeah. That's what you see uh, even politically in our country right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we just want somebody to fight. Yeah. And it's it's a difficult thing. Especially, uh, I'll even just admit from the point of us being pastors, you know, you want to, you do, you want to put a face on it. You want to put a face on success and you want to put a face on your misery or whatever is coming against you. And you can't always do those things. And we want to, we want to have a lot of measurables as the church to measure success. How many people are walking through the door? How many people are coming through classes? And I think we all know that, um, you know, I'm a big believer that the kingdom of God should be growing and should be advancing. There should be more people gathering together. But at the same time, that's not the only metric to determine success. Um, and at the same time, you can also make the argument that people walking out or difficult things happening in ministry in our lives are not the only thing that determines whether we're unsuccessful. But we want to do that. We want to put a face on it. And so we we get these feelings, and then we want to blame, and we want to lash out, and we want to take it out on. Uh, I, I'm right with her. I can't tell you how many times I've been grumpy and I've kind of taken it out on a waitress or a waiter or something yeah, or that our, got my order wrong. Our families. Yeah, oh, especially right? our families. I am the worst when it comes to that, all based on feelings. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's an important thing. Even just the, the biggest thing that I got from Bo's message was simply just acknowledging that. It's being reminded again that there is something else at play. Um, she certainly wasn't worshiping or giving the devil too much credit or anything like that. But sometimes it brings valuable perspective to our lives when we say there is something more. There's something I don't see. There's something that I don't understand. In a kind of a weird roundabout way that can be kind of encouraging because we're going through difficult circumstances. And I mean, Lord knows that Westside Church has been through more difficult circumstances in the last few years than than just about any church that I could think of. Um, but there is kind of an odd encouragement to saying, okay, this isn't just how well I'm doing or how not well I'm doing. There's something greater at play. Yeah. And going back to that concept, we like to fix things. We like to do um, in these situations. She spent some time talking about how we're called to stand and to hold our position um, in what God has done through Christ for us. Um, and I, I, I love the concept that she said of how you don't go into battle and then put on your armor. But the picture she painted that Paul paints is that we come to the battle um, to stand our ground in what Christ has already won for us, mm. that the enemy is defeated. Yeah, uh, We don't have to lash out 
at our family or the waitress. Um, and we don't have to be afraid that we're going to lose in the end because of what Christ has done for us. The responsibility then for us is to be prepared to stand against what the devil throws at us. And that's where Paul then begins to launch into um, the armor of God and the different tools that Christ has has mm-hmm. won for yeah. us to be able to use in our almost defensive stand. I know sometimes a defensive stance seems less, I don't know, victorious or something, but yeah. there's truth in it that when the battle's already been won, the city's already been taken, Right now we hold our ground in what Christ has done for us. Yeah. You know, I, I follow this account on Instagram, and it's become a big, a big story. And I can't remember; I couldn't repeat to you exactly how the story went. Um, but a lot of us have heard of the the not for profit uh, to write love on her arms movement. Uh, it says on their Instagram page, dedicated to presenting hope and finding help for people struggling with depression, addiction, self injury, and suicide. And one of the main hashtags that they like to use on a lot of their posts is "We'll see you tomorrow." And they bring it down to it's just as simple as that. If you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling lonely, if you're considering suicide, you're considering taking your life, let's just make it to tomorrow. Yeah. Let's just do it to tomorrow, okay? And then we'll go from there. When the sun comes up again, we'll start over again, and then we'll see you tomorrow again. And I think in the Christian life, and Bo points this out so well in her in her message with that, acknowledging that sometimes it's just to stand. Sometimes it's just to show up again and to stand up again and to get out of bed again. That's the, it doesn't feel like a victorious stance, but so often it's just what God calls us to do. You just got to stand up. Keep coming back to church. Keep establishing yourself in community. Yeah, you've been hurt, you've been burned, you've been broken, but God is still good and he's still sovereign in in your life. And this community, this thing is so important for you just to show up and just to stand. And sometimes, right. sometimes it's just as simple as that, and we want to make it more complicated. Yeah, I, I was just with one of our uh, uh, one of our leaders here at the church um, a couple nights ago. Uh, middle of the night, I get a text, um, and his family just going through just unbelievable pressure and trouble, and just I can't imagine um, the stress that they're under. And it all kind of came about that night. And so, at eleven p.m., I went out and hung out with him, and. Um, you know, you always want to have good advice when you go to help somebody out. Yeah. I just didn't, I felt like I had nothing to say, (laughs) just nothing to say. And so, uh, we went out and got some coffee and we're sitting there. And I think the only piece of advice I had for him was don't disappear. Like right now there's this incredible weight and pressure on you and your family. And the temptation is going to be to isolate yourself and disappear into it. Mm. Um, and it's, I think it's in those moments where, we either feel so much pressure to fix it, to figure it out, mm-hmm. to make it. And sometimes all God is asking us to do yeah. is don't disappear. Don't, don't fall into that pit. Don't you know, go into that spiral where you just disappear and uh, lose sight of what you're doing, which mm-hmm. is simply hanging on, like you're saying, see you in the morning. We're going to yeah. hang on tonight. We're yeah. not going to give up tonight, and tomorrow we're going to make that same decision And it's again. so difficult just... It's sometimes it's difficult to to feel like you're you're not. It's difficult to feel like you're going to eventually get out of the season that you're in, 
but just by simply standing, you know, parenting is a lot this way. You're going to get out of the season that you're in just by waking up and loving your kids again and loving your kids again. And, uh, your work can be that way. Ministry can be that way. Church can be that way. You're going to move on to the next season, sometimes just by standing strong. And, you know, you can speak to this a lot better than I can. Uh, again, Westside Church is going through so much with, uh, Pastor Steve Mickle's son passing away and, uh, getting in a car accident and Bosterns husband, uh, dying of ALS and even Alyssa going through breast cancer. Right. There, there's just been so much right. going on with Westside. Um, you know, maybe you can speak a little bit to the war and what it's like, what it's been like to be in the war as, as a church. Yeah. And I want to make this clear. We've, we've said this again and again, through all these things that have gone on, uh, we don't believe, for instance, with, uh, Pastor Steve and Suzanne's son, Chase Dine. Uh, we don't believe God uh, trades lives for our calling, that somehow because, um, you know, Steve is preaching every weekend or is leading this church, that the cost of that um, was the life of his son. I don't believe that, yeah. you know, and I don't, I don't think that's fair um, to Steve Stern, uh, who passed away, or to Chase, um, to say that they were the collateral damage from what we're doing as a church. Um, having said that... Um, in this trouble-filled life where the devil is at work and evil things are happening, mm-hmm. um, things like ALS, it's an evil thing. There's no way around that. Um, you know, uh, the car wreck that took Chase's life, thats that was an evil moment. Mm-hmm. And yet in that, um, God comes in ways that maybe you don't expect. It's not just like, uh, you know, uh, Bo and her family just got over it quicker or something when Steve yeah. died. Or it's not that, but it is the sustaining hand of God that continues to hold us up when the battle is getting really tough. Mm-hmm. And the battles I think that, that we have all walked through in kind of uh, during uh, Steve's illness, Steve Stern's illness, um, and then watching afterwards kind of as the family has continued to press on, and the same with uh, the Mickle family, um, the battle isn't just the thing that happens, but it's it's how we process and walk through it. Yeah, that's good. And that's what I've loved about watching our pastors um, walk through these incredibly difficult moments. Um, that it's it's in the way that we walk it out that I think we show God's goodness. Yeah, you know, God's goodness is revealed not in the best days; it's actually revealed in the worst days, right? Yeah. And how we actually. Uh, continue to press on in those. So it's been, I think, one of the most pivotal moments of this church since I've been here mm-hmm. in the last decade, decade and a half, um, to see our leadership walk through the war. You yeah. Know? It really is incredible. And being someone that's newer to the culture around West Side, but has spent enough time with the leadership to know uh, the authenticity that has been born, not that they weren't authentic before. Um, but the authentic, the authenticity that's been born from the war and from the struggle when, when I go up and, and this was probably one of the best sermons I've ever heard Bo preach. And that says a lot. It's, she's a really wonderful preacher and communicator. And a lot of that just stemmed from the authenticity where, where she, she went on to even say like, we don't necessarily even have all of the answers and, and we haven't figured it out. And if you think that the staff has, or those who spend a lot of time on the platform have figured it out, we haven't, but we have to, to the point that you were talking about, we have 
figured out to some degree just how to stand up, not to answer all the questions, but to continue to stand up. And it shows in the authenticity, it shows in in the culture that's created at Westside Church, and it shows in in Steve's ability to come back from a sabbatical after his son has died and to say, we're going to preach on walking through the darkness on on what it's like to go through the process. And they're not afraid of it. They're not running from it, which I think is an an even greater testament to God's grace through all of this. And, and it's a definition for me. If I've ever wanted to look at, okay, this is what the armor of God looks like on a human being. I think you can point to Steve Mickle and I think you can point to Bo Stern and you can, you can see this is what they've put on that has enabled them to stand. And if there's ever questions, and I think in a lot of places there are questions of how authentic are the people on that stage really being? Like, what do we see and what is actually happening behind the scenes? Uh, It's been these moments of just life is turned upside down Mm -hmm. where you start to realize, like, we're we're seeing an authentic picture of of who these people are. And I think that's a powerful thing. Yeah. You know? Um, In fact, Bo, at the end of the service this weekend, and I was in three of the messages. We do four services a weekend, um, and I was in three of them. And at the end of each message, when she gets to the point I'm about to play, um, you could just sense uh, just this connection between her and the congregation that was really kind of powerful. I think it was a kind of a God moment in her message. I want to play this. Paul is in prison. He's one of the spiritual leaders, arguably the backbone of the early church. He wrote the Bible. (laughs) And yet he's saying, pray for me. Pray for me that I can do this thing. And I'm just saying, can you pray for us? Would you pray for us at Westside? The people who primarily stand on this stage and tell you that Jesus is trustworthy have been through a fierce few years. I've never seen anything like it. Um, Our speaking team is heroic to me because when we get done on Sunday, we go back to our job on Monday, and our job on Monday is the same thing where we have to face again our doubts, our belief system, our heartache, and we have to believe and find answers that don't just carry us, that they work for you too. And man, we want to be authentic, and I think we have been. I hope that our lives have shown you a God that moves in our suffering, a God that's there, a God that can be trusted with our heartache and can be trusted with our doubts. I hope that you've never heard one of us say, even just in your own heart, I hope you've never heard one of us say, we've figured this out because I'm telling you, we have not. We're good. We're doing really well. I'm so proud of how Westside has been through the tumult of the last few years and has come out stronger and standing, but weaker that in a good way, I think. But war is no joke. And we have felt it. <clears throat> and it's been costly. You know, there's no substitute for that kind of authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I so appreciate about the community that we're in, um, is the ability to have that kind of authenticity, you yeah. know? Yeah. And it, it means a lot just as, just to go somewhere like that. And, you know, we're not, I don't think we're just 
trying to advertise for West Side. The odds are good if you're listening to this episode, you've probably already been here, probably heard right. about Stern for yourself. Right. Um, but man, it, it is so cool to see behind the scenes on such a regular basis. And that's what we're hoping to do with this podcast as well, is bring you behind the scenes often enough to get even another view of of the leaders and what God is doing in West Side. Um, but to see so often behind the scenes that whoever you get on the platform is exactly who you get in meetings yeah. and in their office and out for a drink, you know, whatever it is, it's the same person. And there's not like this, you know, separate class of like, you know, church people or clergy or professional pastors <laughs> yeah. that spiritually are in a different category. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, to admit weakness and vulnerability and all these things. I mean, that's, that's our heart as teachers here and right. pastors here is to say, we are all of us in this together mm-hmm. and we are, believe in what God said and we don't always do it right and we're weak and <laughs> all yeah. these things and life is hard but we're here together believing that what God said is true right and when I can't believe that would you hold me up mm-hmm. you know and it's important to know that and be reminded of that God can handle our doubts he can handle our doubts i love that that image of peter walking out on the water and doing something incredible and then something as simple as as the weather kicking up all of a sudden messes with his faith, you know, as if, well, I can walk on water in in calm conditions, but man, if the wind blows, I mean, that's way tougher. (laughs) Um, And he he falls in the water and Jesus comes and he grabs him and he goes, man, why did you doubt? And a lot of people take that as the idea of, man, Jesus just, he, 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 he certainly doesn't love doubt and he doesn't love a lack of faith. But he picks Peter up out of the water, and they get back into the boat, and he continues to disciple and love and to care for him uh, until he's finally crucified on the cross, you know, and then even after that with the Holy Spirit. And to, to be reminded that God is that way, that even while people are on the platform or you're out doing your job or you're driving in your car right now, whatever the case may be, that these doubts that you might have in your faith, God can handle those too. And it's important to simply just come back around to the baseline of, okay, I know that God loves me and that he died on the cross for my sins, that grace is enough for me. But now here are all my doubts. I believe that God is totally in for that. You know, my wife and I fought pretty heavily our first year of marriage, which maybe we're not the only ones, but our first year of marriage was really rough. And I remember having a one really considerable fight where at the end I finally looked at her and I said, look, I still don't agree with you. I still feel like we're really far apart on this issue, but we're going to go to bed and we're going to wake up and I'm still going to be here and I'm still going to love you and we're going to talk about it again. And to have that understanding of this is where the baseline is. This is as far as we can fall, that I'm still going to sleep in the same bed with you, that I'm still going to wake up and I'm going to love you. You can continue to have the conversation from there if that is the baseline. And it's the same way with God. Man, you know that his grace is sufficient for you. He can handle the conversations. He can handle the doubts. He can handle the discussions and the pain. So you just got to keep talking with them about it. You keep showing up and you keep standing. That's the key. And we argue with those that we are closest with, you know? Yeah. And even with the story with Peter, uh, Jesus rebukes Peter, and you say, well, that's not fair. <laughs> the other guys didn't even leave the boat. Yeah, right. but that's assuming that the rebuke is a negative thing. Right. Uh, so good. It's, it's a conversation that Jesus is having with someone who stepped out in faith, and um, that's what Jesus does. When we are close to him, many times that's when the discipline comes. Mm-hmm. You know, he disciplines those he loves. 
Um, so if, if you feel like you're being rebuked because of your doubt, maybe that's not a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, maybe that's because we're getting closer to that place where uh, we have a, you know, a deeper understanding of who Jesus is. And that's why those conversations come just like when we argue with a spouse, yeah. not because we don't love them it's because we do love them that we're even present in the room. Yeah. I would just walked out. That's true. If I, if I wouldn't have cared about them at all. <laughs> There's a lot of people I disagree with that I I'll never have a conversation <laughs> with because I don't care about exactly. them. Right. It's the ones that we love. Exactly. That many times that those discussions come. Exactly. And that's why it's important, I think, for the church to, to be a bit challenging sometimes too. Uh, I was talking with a guy who was, um, who had spent time in Iraq and Afghanistan during the war. And he said, the funny thing is, is a lot of people think that soldiers and all that are kind of united under this banner of, you know, we believe in what we're doing and going out there. And he said, honestly, a lot of times our missions, they don't even tell us what we're doing. They give us the the here and now walk here, look here, go here, but you don't even necessarily get a vision for the overall mission a lot of times. Said, but the one common denominator that we always had, whether or not we believed in this war or we believed that we should be doing this specific mission or that we should be using this kind of equipment, uh, we would disagree on those things all of the time. But the one thing that we would constantly come around to is that we didn't want the guy next to us on our right and on our left to die. And that was it. That was the common denominator. And I believe it's the same way in the church. If we're going to go into war as a church, and we believe that God's going to do special things in Central Oregon through Westside Church, we don't have to be Democrats. We don't have to be Republicans. We don't have to to agree on public policy or economics. But if we can come around to the common denominator of Jesus, and he being sufficient for all those things, we can overcome so much because that is the common denominator that really truly matters in the end. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And uh, that's what we're called to do is um, be in this together uh, through our disagreements, not uh, not in, well, in spite of our disagreements. We're yeah. in this together, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and we don't have to come to a place where um, everyone believes exactly the same thing, feels the same way. And I think throughout history, that's where you get so many different denominations cropping up and right. church divisions and splits because, well, we can't agree on how communion should be taken or yeah. on the color of the candlesticks or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, and entire new denominations are formed. Uh, man, can we just put an end to that kind mm-hmm. of infighting that creates division yeah. and realize that the enemy that we face is not each other yeah. and it's not the color of the carpet or the way we <laughs> take the sacraments. Uh, there's something bigger going on here. It's a cosmic battle that we are in, um, but we have a guarantee um, that Jesus has already won for us if we can stand in that. Yeah, makes you excited as we head into seasons like Easter and yeah. continue to push forward with these really big things that God's doing in Westside. Yeah, and I'm excited this weekend um, to hear uh, Pastor Suzanne speak. She doesn't speak often, but she's going to be sharing kind of her experience uh, yeah. with losing a son and talking about heaven, which is really cool. Has she ever so, preached from the platform before? I, is this the first time? I don't think, yeah, I don't think she's done a full yeah. a full message on okay. a weekend. So Yeah, well, you guys, if you're listening, we've seen her message. We've talked it through with her, or at least got to listen to her talk it through. It's going to be awesome. It's yeah. going to be inspiring. you got to get there. Yeah. So anyway, thank you for listening today. Uh, for more information and to give us some feedback, visit us at BehindTheMessage.org.